Hey guys, it's Laura and Tamika, and welcome back to the Big Girl Things podcast. Before we start our podcast today, I'd like to say that the purpose of this podcast isn't to reassure common societal views. Our purpose is to have honest and real conversations that challenge our views to become the best and happiest versions of ourselves. However, if this is too much for you, we completely understand too. We hope that you'll enjoy joining us on these in these conversations, and if you found any of this helpful or interesting, do share it with your friends and family. Tag one person and share this podcast with one person. We've got our Instagram for that too. It's at bitgirlthings underscore podcast at bitgirlthings underscore podcast. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So today's topic is five signs you're in a relationship with the wrong person. Google searches say that in 2017, one of the most commonly asked questions about relationships was, what is a healthy relationship? So whether you're single or not, it's a great question to to be thinking about. And you're not the only one thinking about it too. We all are. You're wondering, what does what how does what a healthy relationship look like have anything to do with the signs of being in a relationship with the wrong person? Well, let me tell you. We've both mm-hmm. been in wrong relationships in the past, quote unquote wrong relationships, and we've definitely made those choices because we weren't choosing them based on what a healthy relationship is. So that's why we want to open up this topic for conversation because we know that it's going to help so many people out there to be more aware and make better decisions about relationships so that we can all move a little closer to being the best and happiest versions of ourselves. So Tamika, thanks for joining me again in today's episode. I'd love to hear what you used to think about uh, what a healthy relationship was versus what you think of it now. Thanks so much, Laura. Um, And wow, reflecting on this question has made me realise how my views of a relationship has changed for the good. So I guess for me, when I reflect on that question, um, I always had this perception that a healthy relationship was when our partner would say that they loved me um, or they'll say that they cared for me um, but their actions would be different so like for mm. instance if they you know if they cheated on me or hurt me in a certain way that was okay in in my eyes that was okay because they said that they loved me and they cared mm. for me um, and I think you know I also found that you know I'd go from one toxic relationship to the next and if the next one wasn't as bad then that was okay that was healthy right. which was really interesting because mm-hmm. I even um I reflect on this with you know mad about you know going from a lot of people do that in relationships you know um for instance if one partner you know one partner cheated on them and then they went to the next one and they didn't cheat but you know they'll talk to girls but that wasn't cheating so that's okay and I think you know we need to um you know educate girls and 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 men um Mm -hmm. about you know what is healthy and what's not so I really love that we're doing this podcast um and I guess like you know, since this, I've done a lot of work on myself and, and mm. my own self-worth and understanding uh, what, my, uh, what my boundaries were. Um, and I think this is really important in, you know, I would never, like, allow for it to be treated like this now. Right. And I think it's really important that, 
you know, Matt as my partner knows what my worth is and what my boundaries are. So we can create that healthy relationship together. That's beautiful to hear. Yeah. I think my, my point is, um, it's quite similar to why I reckon this is so important as well. I really want to share this is because sometimes being in a toxic relationship is not because the other person is toxic. It's because we've allowed them to cross our boundaries. And if we don't know what our boundaries are, it's really hard to determine whether what they're doing to us is good or not good. You know, so um, I guess my version of what a healthy relationship used to look like is uh, was someone to complete me. Mm. You know, you always hear um, two, two peas in a pod, you know, my other half, my, my better half. Absolutely. Um, things to, co- um, I, I guess just this sense of being completed by another person. Mm. And it doesn't really help that growing up we've got all these images and expectations of our prince charming coming to sweep us off our feet and you know we're going to be the damsel in distress i know we've come a really long way since accepting that a lot of society pushes for stronger women now but i think you know we're still a really long way from having more healthy relationships in this world really like i look around i see a lot of friends being in codependent relationships yeah um and yeah, I guess it just really starts from picking up the signs and being aware of what's happening. Yeah. Then you can decide what to do. Absolutely. And I, like, I love that in this podcast, we've identified five of the signs that we can look out for, mm-hmm. um, which we're going to go in um, into depth with. Um, did you want to start off with the first one, Laura? Sure. So sign one is that you don't feel like you can talk about your future honestly and openly together. Have you ever had a partner who you had to wait for the perfect timing or to tell them about plans, your thoughts or your feelings and like reflecting on that now, what do you think of having to do that? I love this one. And I had a bit of a giggle when I thought about this question. Um, I think right at the start, it's Mm. so important to talk about your intentions of the relationship before you dive deep. Mm. So when I think about that, I reflect back to the Tinder days of (laughs) talking to a, you know, talking to a guy and gosh, I wasted so much time by taking the same old chit chat back and forth, you know, taking my time to get to know them. And I laugh with a friend about this because um, you know, she's currently, um, you know, dating and, and talking to someone on Tinder and she's just like, I'm so over it. Like, I just like, oh, I honestly, I just want to go on a date. I'm sick of, you know, having this, mm. you know, it, because it is, it's days on days. And then you get to the point you're like, no, they're not for me. Right, um, yeah. and for me, like, I'm like, you know, I, I remember back in, in those days, you know, I'll wait for that, you know, you know, invite to go out on a coffee date or a lake walk or something like that. And then it wouldn't get to that. And it'd be, it'd be like a bam at midnight. I'd get a boot, like a message, like for a booty call. I'm like, no, that's not what I want. And in saying that, like I'm, you know, if you want that, then that's, that's totally fine. But I think it's really important to establish what you want at the start of that conversation Mm -hmm. and be like, be vulnerable with it. Like, you know, be okay. Like, look, you know, if you don't want that right at the, at the start, like yeah. say, um, Hey, look, I'm not looking for, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm not, you know, like I'm just looking to have a bit of fun. And I think we've all had those messages. Um, yeah. and that's fine. I think it's just really important that you're, you're both on the same page. hundred percent. There's a perspective that I've heard recently and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too. Um, it's about dating, especially in the beginning, you know, how everything's all, it can be all like flowers and rainbows at the same time it could also be a lot of tiptoeing around 
what we actually feel and what we actually want to say. Yes. Um, yeah. So there's this new thing that's come up where um, a lot of uh, female speakers now are encouraging women to be who you are on the first date because then you expect you're allowing that person to tell you back whether this is what they would what they want or not mm-hmm. um, and that encourages you to have expectations that the other person should be themselves as well I love that I, I love, love that think about yeah and I, I talk about that in um, the next point as well which if you're happy to go into because I think it might um, it might transition really nicely into mm-hmm. um, did you want to um, um, actually, I wanted to touch on a little bit before that. We'll hop back into that. But I think um, the not feeling like you can speak about your your future with your partner mm. is sometimes people do grow apart, you yeah. know, and that's like a really like doom and gloom realization because you've built, your, you know, so much of your life with this person. You've had so much in common, so much to look forward to, mm-hmm. but it is difficult, but sometimes that can be a sign that you're not in a the uh, in a relationship with the right person anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And like being okay with that as well. Like I think it's really hard and something that you know Matt and I always spoke about um, right from the start is it would be doing like a disservice to yourself and your partner if you if you're holding them back. Like if you want marriage and kids, um, that's okay. But if your partner doesn't, mm. like you need to really accept like this you know you guys might be on different paths and and that's okay um you know for instance if I you know if I wasn't happy or Matt wasn't if Matt wasn't happy in the relationship and he wanted something else um it would be heartbreaking but I would not want him to stay and be happy like be you know unhappy I would rather him go on a different path and, and you know down that right journey to um become the happiest you know, person he can be. Um, so really, you know, making sure that you guys are aligned about, you know, your future and, and what you want that to look like together, because it it is, it's so important. And we need to do that work early on. Like, like I said, because if we, you know, it's going to be a lot harder down the track if you know you've got kids and, or, or not, um, but you've already developed that real deep connection. It's going to be, you know, a lot harder Mm. to, to break. The same, at the same time, it's like, you know, what's the best day to make a make a change, make a difference in your life, it's right now. Absolutely. With the next choice that you make, whether you decide to share or to keep that inside, because if you don't, if you never ever share, you don't allow your partner to work through this with you too. Mm. So not to say that if you have got conflict, conflict conflicting views or want to go in different directions, that it will never work out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the beauty of a relationship. You just never know what the other person's gonna say and do the next day. You know, they might surprise you and say, hey. You're the most important thing to me in my life, and I really want to make this work. Can yeah, you know, let's let's go through this together. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to share something, and I I don't think I hope Matt doesn't mind, but um, <laughs> you know, prior to Matt and I becoming like being a couple, um, mm. Matt never wanted to have children. Like he, you mm. know, like it wasn't something that he really thought about, and it was really nice to reflect on that um, because he thought that that. You know, it was because he generally didn't want children, Mm. but he felt like it was because he didn't have that, you know, he didn't feel that connection with Mm. the, with his previous partners, um, which I think is like, is really important. Like, and you know, we're still, um, you know, like I would say in the early stages, but for him to say now, like he could see, you know, himself having that Mm. and he's, he's huge change. So like it just because, um, you know, 
it, things weren't one way. It doesn't mean things, you know, aren't going to change. I think it's just about having that communication yeah. and, and talking about, you know, where you're at and, and what the possibilities are. 100%. That's yeah. so beautiful. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. I don't think you'll Sorry, mind the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about a vulnerable... Um, men that's really really attractive it is isn't it strong enough to know that this doesn't make me look weak this makes me look stronger actually absolutely yeah so moving on to sign two um of let me see what are the part of the five signs you're in a relationship with the wrong person is that you act differently around your partner than you do with others Mm, I know so many couples who are so different together and apart, do you? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, and to be honest, this used to be me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So I think this goes back to making sure that you are happy with yourself as a person before you enter a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we shop to, to be who we think the other person want us to be, we're hiding all the amazing things that make us. Mm. So, you know, flaws and all. Um, Previously, I used to be so ashamed of my past, um, Mm. which, look, you know, we don't have to go into a relationship and and share everything about us. But, you know, a few years down the track and you still haven't, you know, talked about, you know, what your parents do or where you've come from and, you know, like those, you know, childhood stories and things Mm. like that, you have to start thinking, oh, what's going on here? Mm. Um, and you know, given that because I, you know, I shied away from all of these things, I lost a huge part of my identity and I, and as a result of that, I became unhappy, Mm. you know, like, and to share, um, you know, a little snippet is when I, I met my previous partner, I put him on a pedestal and, and all his friends and, um, you know, networks because I felt like I wasn't worthy enough Mm. and I didn't want him to see, you know, who I had that imposter syndrome, you know, like, Uh, oh gosh, he's going to find out and they're all going to find out where I'm from and not going to think that I, you know, I fit in. And, um, and that wasn't the case at all. That was just, you know, my, my inner schemas. Mm -hmm. Um, but after, um, you know, we broke up, I really learned that I need to accept who I am and be open in, in sharing, you know, my story because that made, that's made me who I am and that's how we connect with others. You know, that's how, you know, stories and, and sharing our narratives help us connect and that's how we did, Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and that's what I love so much about Matt, that, you know, I am my complete, you know, raw and authentic self with him and he is too and we can be absolutely ridiculous and inappropriate and like with each other and around others mm. um, and, you know, who we are with you is who we are when, you know, when we're on our own, whether we're talking about farts or sex or whatever, you know, <laughs> <Sure>. like. <laughs> you see that one going. <laughs> but it's. It is. It's just so important. Like we can't do these fake facades and just, um, you know, pretend we're something that we're not because it'll be a shock. And what I was going to go on to about before is mm. if we put all this work into being, you know, hiding away our, our true person, like mm. how boring would that be? You know, like do it for like, and then when those, you know, those flaws or, you know, those, you know, quirky little things come out, it could be, you know, it, it could be either one, a shock for the person and be like, oh shit, that's not who I thought you were. Or two, they could be like, wow, like I wish you showed me that from the start because, you know, now it's too late. Um, <laughs> do you know so what I mean? Like, 
That's so true. Yeah. And it's tiring as well. Yeah. Um, not to just say, like, it's going to be, um, you know, a, you're going to turn out to be a boring person, which it actually is, because then you turn out to be just the textbook expectation of what people expect of you. Then you're just this nice person mm-hmm. instead of being Tamika, instead mm-hmm. of being unique and she flared. You know, she's got her temper when she does this, but she's amazing at this, mm-hmm. you know. And she's really showing you true colors. And mm-hmm. a lot of that, I think, comes from not being proud of who we are in the first place. Yeah. Um. I've definitely noticed that for myself that any time that I've tried to be something else was because I was less confident of what I was and my capabilities. Mm-hmm. And that was a really, like, a, that is a sign for me now that, okay, Laura, hang on a second. Who is this person that you're trying to be? Because um, it is tiring, it is taxing, and then you walk away from the situation feeling less of yourself mm-hmm. because then you worry, what did they think of me being this other person, yeah. you know? Um, but there's also another part to be compassionate towards ourselves mm-hmm. to understand that a lot of who we think we should be comes from our childhood expectations of us mm-hmm. and what we see around us as well absolutely uh, really taking a step back to to think if i'm acting differently around my partner versus other people which is the real me mm-hmm. you know really drawing that back and asking yourself questions of why do i feel i need to act a certain way around these people mm-hmm. um, and just kind of think about that for a little bit allow yourself to be honest um, what I do with myself um, right now I'm doing a bit of sh- shadow work so mm-hmm. anything that I notice about myself that I'm a bit confused of uh, c- confused about like um, let's say use this for example so I write down the, the the title on top all the times that I act um, that I feel like I need to play a role in my life um, and then I write down all the situations let's say uh, when I'm out with the girls. Secondly, when I'm at work in front of this person, and da 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 da. da. And then after that, on on the side of all of that, kind of write down why you feel like you act that way. What is the need? Mm. What the validation is? Um, do, am I afraid of being lonely? Am I afraid of feeling unworthy? You know things like that. Mm. And by the time you write them all out. I kid you not, every time I write it down, I've had this whole new revelation of, holy shit, this leads back to my childhood and what my parents expected of me. Absolutely. Um, and that really just kind of, that's why I like to call it the gift of awareness now, mm-hmm. because now you have the choice to do something with it. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, So absolutely. you will be keeping yourself accountable throughout, you know, your day to day when you're doing these things now. Yeah. And it's absolutely right. It's, you know, coming in with compassion and we're all, you know, we're all humans that are designed to seek connection with others and sense a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can get so lost in that. For instance, um, I I love how you shared about, you know, doing that work and, and reflecting on your childhood experiences mm-hmm. and to be, you know, um, to be honest, you know, I grew up without a father until I was, you know, 16, 17. And so my, whether, you know, my father and I have a really good relationship now, however, I still have to do a lot of that work because my instincts are, I need, you know, I need to find, I'm seeking that approval. So, you know, as a child, I thought that I wasn't worthy enough because my dad wasn't there. So obviously as I grew up and it it happened within my relationships that I felt like, you know, I, I wasn't worthy enough. So anything that would get me by to stick in a relationship 
Um, so for, like as I grew up as well and, and with friends, I was seeking so much connection. So I was like, mm. I'll lose my identity. Who do I need to be for them to accept me and for me to fit oh, in? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 100% I can relate through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. So it is absolute. And I, I love that exercise that you just shared, Laura, because whether it was, you know, your parents, um, you know, had high expectations of yourself, whether it was because, you know, you grew up without um, a parental figure in your life, whether it was because, you know, um, you weren't accepted or, you know, whatever the reason would be like throughout your parenting or, or caregiver experiences, um, mm-hmm. that is going to shape every single one of your relationships, whether it's your family, uh, you know, your, your friends, um, your relationships, it, it, it has such a big impact. So I love that. Do that work. That's a huge takeaway. 100%. Yeah. And then we've got a, um, one of the episodes that I think is coming out today as we record this is called the art of saying no. Yeah. And it draws into learning how to draw your boundaries as well. So that's, also a deeper understanding of who you are what yes i love that what you want to allow in your life all right again sign we'll move on sign three and that is that you might be in the relationship with the wrong person when your partner's out with their friends and you worry like crazy about what they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> when mm-hmm. i was in my first toxic relationship i was worried all the time <laughs> what about you yeah absolutely and that's a big one like for sure. I think this had a lot to do with my own insecurities. And I think being cheated on a dozen times does not help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, the more times that you're, you're cheated on and that the jealousy will continue to, to rise, um, you know, we're, we're always going to be that bit more insecure. And we have to do that conscious work of when we do get into a new relationship of... Mm-hmm you don't need to come into this new relationship as saying you've got to earn my trust because you should come in as a blank canvas and if they haven't given you any reason not to trust them and to worry about them, I don't think you should be worried. I actually, do you mind if I have an opposing point? I actually don't, um, I don't, what do you call that, agree with that. Yeah, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like trust needs to be earned. It's not... doing anything wrong mm-hmm. but there are lots of things in um in everyday life that they can show you and to build up that trust it's like uh, imagine like a f- flat flat piece of ground ready to build um build a home right mm-hmm. if you don't add anything on onto it it remains a blank canvas and anything bad becomes the the worst thing that happens but if you've got like your pillars of this is you know when they didn't have to earn your trust and they've just shown you that regardless i think that builds a stronger foundation for trust that when you um when they're going out or whatever even they haven't done anything wrong you have something positive to look back on and say like look he's shown me his you know he's he's taught me about all the pe- all the girls that text him even though he never needed to you know he always tells me where he's going who he's hanging out with things like that I feel safe mm. um, in, my, in the back of my mind you know even though I really tr- already trust them um, but you know I feel like that definitely helps like building that up on a daily basis what do you mm. think? I, I hear I absolutely hear what you're saying um, still gonna disagree <laughs> <laughs> right. I just I worry that you know we're coming into that relationship by having that view that, you know, you need to earn my trust. I feel like it's really unfair because if we come in and both with equal grounds, like, mm. you know, I, I think it's really important that if, 
if we we can identify that our partner might have some insecurities, it might be nice to send a message and and you know let them know what's going on. But I don't think it's a right and a given. Like that's not it's not mm. their fault that we're coming in with and a lot of us mm. like probably eighty percent of relationships come in with you know insecurities. Yeah. Um, but that's not the other person's fault. And I think like I think uh, I don't know. I don't think it's their you know, I, I just don't think it's fair that they have to come in. Or maybe it's just the language that we're using around mm-hmm. it. Like, you need to earn my trust. It's like, That's you know, enough, it's yeah. like for, you know, we look at, uh, you know, say to, a you know, one of our children, you need to earn your pocket money by doing the dishes. Like, that that's a like that's a chore that's your responsibility right, right. do you know what I, I mean i understand yeah what, where we're coming from is more like the other person has to want to do these things not to yeah. expect it yeah but when they do that definitely adds brownie points that's yeah I'm yeah absolutely yeah Just, i love i love it in that sense okay. yeah because i think that definitely adds and i think communication right from the start that if we've come in with you know being cheated on and mm-hmm. saying like to our partner hey, this is my experience. I know it's not, like, this is not your fault. Like, you haven't cheated on me, but this might really help, like, to reassure me. Um, And if they're committed and, you know, in it for the long haul, then I think that they're actually going to, you know, they'll want to do these things. And and it might, most times they'll just happen out of, you know, um, you know, organically. They won't have to, you know, be asked to do it. They will just notice that, hey, you know, I'd really like to do this um, Mm. rather than, yeah, so I love how we've just shifted, I think language is everything, like shifted, yeah. you know, how we've phrased that because I think we're on the same page now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love how we've, you know, discussed that and, um, yeah, really put that on the table. I love how you, you've left the, the listeners with something to work on as well. Like this is how you can learn to communicate your insecurities mm. to know that you don't have to come into a relationship being healed. Yeah, it, yeah. That's not the point. Absolutely, the no way. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Thanks, Laura. Oh, good. Um, um, shall we get into sign four? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> this one might be might be a bit of a sensitive one, but hear me out. Sign four is you're constantly reminding your partner of what they should or should not do. Mm. So what I mean by this is, um, think of a friend who constantly plays the mum role in their relationship, telling their partner what to do all the time. Where I'm coming from with this point is that there can be a fine line where this can be a toxic trait of over-controlling. What, what are your thoughts? Mm. And I think, um, and we did touch on this one a little bit earlier about this could be, you know, a male or a female, mm. but it does, it takes away, and like what you were saying um, before we, we aired, you know, that... Um, that desire for intimacy, you know, men having that masculine role, which you talk more about. Um, but like... It's not attractive. Like, to come in and be, you know, and have, like, a partner doesn't need that from, you know, whether it's a male or female. We don't need that. We need someone to be really clear about what their role is. You know, you're my lover. You're my, you know, like, this is what we do in the relationship. And I think it's really important for males and females to have life experience. Um, And this is something that I talk about with my my good friend as well, but... um, you know, there is a lot of difference about, um, you know, I don't know, like having, you know, someone that lives at home with with their parents and, and not having that um, that experience of, of living their own and having that life mm. journey. I don't know, I've sort of gone on a tangent here. But yeah, like when you have to live alone and take care of yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Basic, and then basic necessities that you need yeah, to learn how to... Because they, I can understand, like, if someone is feeling like, you know, they're 
they're having to have that mother role. Like they might not realize that they're doing it, but they're like, they just won't freaking pull their shit together. I feel like I have to <laughs> micromanage them in the house, yeah, you know? Yeah, I can tell them um, so but when you're from. like, like I could imagine how much it, you know, it's like a, a helicopter mom. Like, oh, have you, you know, have you called it, made this appointment? Like, mm. or, you know, like making sure you do this, like that, like just get out of my face. Like I could totally understand. Um, but what, like, what are your views, Laura? hundred percent. I think it definitely takes away from the intimacy of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you, by doing that, um, it does definitely take your respect away from your partner. Cause you're like, every time I look at you, all I think is about all the things you have not done and things that you have not yeah, done. Right. Burden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about the socks you've left around, yeah. you know, and it's really difficult for their, their positive, their good traits to shine through. Um, but to say that it's not as simple to just let it go because if there are things in the household that need to be done, sometimes they just need to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're all coming from different walks of life with different experiences. Absolutely. So where that fine line is, um, for me personally, I've learned to outline that really clearly in the beginning of a relationship. And I guess if you're in, in the middle of one as well, it's a good time to just reflect and say, redraw the, yeah, relay uh, the cards on the table and say, hey, <laughs> let's have a refresher. This is what the boundaries are and expectations. <laughs> yes. And let's, how can we work together to create a har- harmonious home? Yeah, because absolutely. A home is a place where you come home and recharge. And mm. No one is perfect. And we're all working on ourselves. But yeah, just to, I guess what's really worked for, for me and my experiences as well is that everyone reacts better to encouragement rather than shame mm-hmm. so for myself i'm the dirty one in the relationship i'll leave my things around and i don't realize that i do i think i'm doing a really good job but as um as pat would say things are everywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that i've just left a mug on the table but that's just not acceptable right <laughs> so. poor matt this is how he feels <laughs> trying my best I used to be so much worse you know like give me some credit and he'd be like but no this is this is the basic necessity that you have life skills that you have Mm. to have and I felt really like belittled and worthless like Mm. you know my partner felt less of me um but when we actually sat down and he and we talked it out and he really changed the tone over to being encouraging he says I really appreciate that you've washed the dishes today. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that you've done that. Um, thank you for doing this. It makes how, when you do this, it makes me feel loved. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel cared for. I and love that. Then I've got the motivation to do it more. That I feel like, oh, I've done a good thing. You know, I'm getting yeah. a golden star. Yeah. Um, things like that. And that's really important. I love that Pat's done that because it sounds like without going into Matt's history, like poor Matt, like, because Matt leaves things out and, and that sort of thing. And, mm. you know, like I like I love a clean house, but I, like, I've learned to be relaxed as well. Mm. So, like, with Matt's con- like Matt will say to me, oh, I'm so sorry, I was going to get to that. I'm like, don't worry about it, hon. Like, you know, we're, we're a team. Like, we can both, mm. you know, help out. And he always feels like, you know, you always contribute to more. I'm like, no, but if there's something that I really need you to do, I would ask you to do it. And it's about, you know, having that communication that, you know, I think we've spoken about on another podcast that sometimes we have this hidden agenda or these expectations Mm. that aren't verbalized that, you know, it's not, it's not a necessity to, to you or Matt, like to always get that, pick that cup up. Like you might have another priority in your mind and that's totally okay. But if it's really bothering the other partner so much, we just need to speak about it. Hey, like this is 
piss on me off. Um, can you just move that? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah like there's little things that, you know, for, you know, for the person that's leaving it out, it's not a big deal, but it could be a big deal for the, you know, the other. So communication, like it's something that we've spoken about, which is just huge. So yeah, it is definitely. Let's move on to sign five, which is you're probably in the wrong relationship if you feel like your life would crumble without them. Mm -hmm. This one is more of a self-reflection thing and, Yes, we would be shattered if our partner was to leave, but I'm talking about having your entire world crumble around you and you can't imagine what life would look like without them. What do you mm, think? Yeah. Um, this is a huge one and I think a lot of people need to do that self-reflection and like what you just mentioned that I have too. I thought like, you know, when I was in these relationships and they would cheat on me and, you know, to be quite honest, like very, very unhealthy, toxic you know, behaviors. And I was like, no, you know, they can't leave me. My, my life would be nothing. You know, you make me nah, nah. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, having the five years, you know, single and, and doing that work on myself has really made me realize what my worth is. And I say to Matt, you know, and from the start, you know, I love you dearly. Um, but if we broke up, I know that life would go on because, you know, I know my worth and like I think that's really like a real important thing to do and that's not just a a, like you know a behavior of yourself like you need to be really kind to yourself if you're having those thoughts it's thinking about what is the other person doing like what is the other partner doing or saying that's making you feel like you can't live without them is that something that you know they're saying to you like I've had really awful you know comments made and um you know, I'm saying this in, in a hope to connect with someone that also might be experiencing this, but you know, the fact that you wouldn't have finished, you know, this, your, you know, your uni degree or, you know, your schooling or without me, you never would have saved this much money without me and my support, or, you know, you would have these friends if it wasn't for me. So, you know, think about where these, um, these, uh, thoughts are coming from, um, and it's and it probably does go. I'm not saying not probably, but yeah, it definitely does go back to you know your schema and and how you actually got to that point. So doing that reflection, um, and thinking about what's driving that thought. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that um, sometimes this can also be like, look, if you've got a really toxic partner, if they've got all the toxic traits of being controlling, being obsessive, being um, really manipulative as well. Like by all means, that is their fault. But the first step out of every problem or issue is to first accept that I've allowed this to go on. Mm. And then second of all, realize that you have the power to change that situation. So, and another thing on top of that is to just have the compassion to yourself as well. I did the best that I could at that with the choices that I had. Now I know more. Um, Sometimes we make decisions that cross our own boundaries for Mm. the people we love Mm. in order to seek that validation so we might have made that mistake in the past i know a lot of women um they give up their lives for their partners they move they even have kids and do lots of things that they would give up for their partner and that creates like an attachment of of course your life will crumble without them you've given up everything Mm -hmm. so that's 
Absolutely. And just to add on that as well, like for parents, you know, parents feel like, oh, I should stay in this relationship because, um, you know, for the kids, like the kids in a stable, you know, a stable family and I had a, you know, a a divorced family, so I need to keep this together. Mm. No, no, no. Those kids, those children are going to pick up on every sign, every toxic behavior that happens there and pick up on that hostility. So you think that you're actually providing a better life for your children. You're showing them that you have to be unhappy. You know, you're, right, you're yeah. showing them, you're giving them the messages that, no, this is, you know, you have to be unhappy. You can't, you know, take a um, take a leap and, and make a change for the better, you know, to make yourself happy and, and to better your life. So, you know, think about that in a bigger picture. Um, your, your life will not crumble, you know. Your life is what you make it and we are responsible for our own happiness. No one else. No one else, 100%. I think one... Um, to, to end this point is that what is the one thing you can do to identify if this is you mm. um, is basically to just simply ask yourself the question, would my life crumble without my partner? Mm. And if that is yes, if you can't see a future without them, then you need to start working on yourself. Absolutely. You need to start doing those, um, those shadow, shadow work on ourselves identifying what is missing in our lives and start working on them one by one. Yeah, and I love that. And I think that's a a huge takeaway, Laura, because something else to add on to that, Eve, start doing things that bring you joy. Like, who am I outside of this relationship and and Mm. family? Like, you know, separate, find your hobbies because, you know, a lot of, and you think about it, like when a lot of, there's a lot of breakups, you know, you see the part, like the single life. Yes, I'm going to go work on myself. I'm going to get this, you know, this, be on this health, you know, um, health and fitness bloody program, whatever, I don't even know what I'm trying to say there, but, you know, try and take some sort of leap to better themselves. Or but be the best self I can yeah, be, yeah. but do this stuff when you're in that relationship. Yeah. You shouldn't yeah. stop. Shouldn't no, stop. absolutely. So That's good. Yeah. 100%, I really like that you finished off with that point. It's just really about bringing it back to doing things for you instead of for validation from anyone else. Mm. But I guess I guess this one's been quite a long one today. Um, thanks for sticking sticking um, until the end, guys. I hope you've really enjoyed it. But if there's one thing that you can leave our audience with today, Tamika, what would that be? Mm. I think probably doing that self-reflection, Laura. I think, you know, thinking about these points and, you know, and it doesn't have to be necessarily these ones, but, like, think about who you are as a person, as an individual, and, you know, what, you know, uh, what brings you joy and, you know, what could life be like if if you weren't? And it doesn't mean that you're going to break up with your partner. It's just thinking about, you know, what, you know, what lights you up and, and you know, what makes you you and, and who your identity is because I think sometimes we get so lost in, you know, trying to show up and, and be who we think that they want us to be. But if we, we really hone in and do that self-reflection work and think about, you know, ourself as a, as a person and what we actually bring, not only to the relationship, but to the world, like, you know, what we can bring, we are all individuals. We have our, um, you know, our unique char- characteristics that we, we show up with and, and offer something to everyone. So, yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a tangy, but yeah, just do that work on yourself. Think about, you know, who you are as a person. Yeah. Mine would be to, I know this is going to be a bit more straightforward, but to I to realize that you have a problem 
that's the first step because mm. if you don't realize that there's no overcoming a problem of a non-existent problem mm. so first realizing that you whether or not you have um a problem in your relationship whatever that is and then secondly second of all accepting that you've played a part in it and that's okay but moving forward now and leading to the last point which is most important knowing that you have the absolute power and ability to change where your relationship is going for sure and what you want with that so whether it's reading more books listening to more podcasts just opening up those conversations of challenging yourself and um, that's one thing that i love the audience to take yeah i love that i love that very clear too thank you <laughs> No, no, good. Well, thanks guys so much for tuning in this week. We hope you've enjoyed it. And if you found this helpful, interesting in any way, share it with your friends and family, especially during this time of like lockdown. If you are in a lockdown um, in this in this point, any sort of positivity, any sort of self-work that we can start doing on ourselves, we need to take this advantage and do it. So share it with one friend. Um, we've got our Instagram as well. And you can find us on at BigGirlThings underscore podcast at BigGirlThings underscore podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.